In November 2019, Thriving Now put on a symposium in Sydney that brought together some of Australia's leading thinkers on neurodiversity in the workplace. This series has been created to capture the perspectives and insights shared on the day to help you grow your enterprise by embracing difference through the employment of people with ADHD and autistic and dyslexic individuals. To find out more about how Thriving Now can help your business benefit from neurodiversity growth, visit thrivingnow.com.au forward slash consulting. And to register your interest for our next event, visit neurodiversitysymposium.com.au forward slash register. Manuel Gomesh has been messing about with technology since an early age. He sold his first small computer program when he was 14, and this led to a career in software engineering in organizations ranging from startups to market-leading multinationals. This evolved into systems architecture, team leadership, and technology management. He has a keen interest in technical and business agility, complexity theory, evidence-based management, strategy, and ecosystem design, and corporate innovation. Manuel is a genuine and engaging public speaker and particularly enjoys talking about agility and neurodiversity as a competitive advantage, especially in problem solving and innovation in complex domains. He is himself neurodivergent, so he knows what he's talking about. Manny, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. So to start with, can you share with us a little bit about your career as a neurodivergent individual? Well, uh, my career started way before I knew I was neurodivergent. Um, I guess that as a kid, I was good with computers and I started writing some software. And then I made this horrible mistake uh, of buying the wrong type of computer in the, in the early days. So um, I bought this computer, I mean, my father bought me this computer that had no software and the company went quickly bankrupt and that was that. So my father looks at me and goes, you know what, Manny? Uh, yeah, we, we made quite an investment here, so it would be nice if you could salvage some utility out of this lunk. And, um, you know, I scratch my head, look at my father and say, oh, yes, I see your point. Um, and I wrote, you know, completely trivial pieces of software by today's standards, but I did. Um, and then, as it happens, uh, um, we went to, the, to a meeting of the, all the people that had bought these computers from this now defunct company. Um, and I... There was this kindly gentleman that had a, an accounting uh, practice, and um, I showed him the software. And he said, Manny, this makes the computer useful. I will pay you X for it. And I was like, oh, uh, uh, sure. And, you know, there were 40-odd people who had um, bought those computers, and um, I sold 40-odd copies of that software. Wow. Um, at which point I paid my father back for his computer. Thank you so much for uh, starting me on my own business. And then I bought a PC. And um, <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, the rest is, as they say, history. Um, well, well, and then, uh, but I still you know, finished high school like most people. 
and messed around with diverse things until uh, the siren call of technology uh, once again drew me in. And I uh, started working as a software engineer in Portugal. Um, I uh, went through a failed entrepreneur <laughs> phase where my digital uh, content management platform proved to be a little ahead of their time. And, well, uh, I had the commercial acumen of a stone sloth, so that didn't help. Uh, and uh, so I went back to working for other people and consulting, and I did a small stint with IBM, I then Portugal Telecom, a couple startups, um, and during uh, my, my tenure at one of those startups, I got in contact with Booking.com, and they invited, to, invited me to go to, to Amsterdam to, to work with them, so I did. Um, and then I met a very, very lovely um, Australian lady um, who I married, and then she said, darling, I want to go home. So... As the man of the house, I made an executive decision. Yes, dear. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that brought me to Australia, where um, I did a couple of tech management gigs and uh, kind of discovered that my, my style, that was, you know, very uh, open, high-speed, low-drag um, by... European standards was not exactly popular here. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, an interesting uh, realization. Uh, so I decided, well, and, and now it's time to uh, make, try to make uh, the state of thinking about technology and people evolve a little. Hence my serial consulting practice ever since. Yeah, it kind of brings me to my next question, which is, you know, you've worked around the world. Uh, so you've got that perspective of where Australia sits in relation to the rest of the world. Um, what's your thoughts on how Australia compares with adopting practices that facilitate neurodiversity in our workplaces? I think that in a way it is not the neurodiversity practices that are particularly ahead or behind. It's more, more the overall practices in terms of knowledge work, uh, which you know as, is different from an assembly line type of work or even a, a you know, physical uh, description. And it's down to a certain lack of business agility, um, an overemphasis on authority and the, the ever-present hippo. Um, and you go, well, hippo? What on earth are you talking about? The highest paid person's opinion. Mm. Um, so in Australia, I see still a lot of emphasis on hierarchy, on uh, agreement being... Uh, expected because you are subordinate mm. uh, regardless of whether that is 
correct or not. So, um, yeah, of course, when you happen to be autistic on top of uh, not very uh, subordinate by nature, um, this is aggravated and you kind of go, no, 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 wait a minute. Uh, just you, you may have whatever title you have, but you don't get to choose your own facts. Opinions, yes, by all means, have yours. Uh, everyone has them, and uh, well, uh, they're worth what they are. But this is peer-reviewed science. You don't get to choose your science. You don't get to choose your facts. These are the. This is reality. Mm. Hmm. Not such a crash hot move. Mm. <laughs> So uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's been challenging for me to to work in a corporate environment in Australia. So again, um, consulting seemed to be uh, a better idea. At least I am usually hired to uh, bring in deliberately controversial opinions uh, to uh, confront and change the status quo, um, so that companies can profit from thinking differently from everyone else around them. Because if you have the same thinking, you usually get the same results. So um, companies value having a different stream of thinking to leverage to their competitive advantage, as long as I don't stick around. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it's a really interesting uh, point. It, as a consultant myself as well, I've found that like versus being an employee, uh, when you're hired to provide that external point of view, it's valued. When you're in a company, and I don't want to say anything too controversial, but it can feel like um, if you're challenging the status quo, mm -hmm. you can kind of... Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. If dissent is seen as disloyalty, then you have a problem. If dissent is seen as creativity, then you may not have this problem. It's how the company's culture uh, handles dissent and certain creative uh, conflict that determines whether this will be welcome or not. Um, I will leave my opinion about how companies in Australia deal with that as an exercise to do, listener. <laughs> Well, let's move on, Manny. So um, before we conclude, what would be your advice to enterprises who want to improve their processes so that they can grow neurodiversity in their workplace? Well, um, pricing difference, the having encouraging dissent and opening themselves up to the fact that there are no sacred cows. There is nothing that is unchangeable. No one came down from Mount Sinai and engraved commandments in rock. This is business. Business follows reality. Therefore, um, have some further flexibility in mind. Also realize that um, not everyone is an extrovert and not everyone likes contributing in the same way. So sometimes, the, for instance, the meeting is a, a figure that is 
sometimes too treasured, but it is, it is usually run as an unmoderated caucus. And this is known to punish people for listening. Um, so organizing meetings in such a way that everyone has guaranteed a turn to offer their contribution is probably a good thing. Allowing for offline or asynchronous contribution, that is another one. And probably limiting exercises like brainstorming because, well, uh, two things. On, on one hand, they are very distressing to uh, some types of neurodiverse people. And on the other hand, they're known to produce groupthink and mm. bad outcomes. Mm. So it's like, again, I'm sorry, but if this is known to do this and there's peer-reviewed science in that direction, shall we refrain from it? Mm. Yeah, groupthink is a massive problem, actually. We could have a whole other conversation <laughs> about that one. <laughs> it is, and, and, and we could. I want to pick up on one more thing, actually. When you said, uh, you know, d if dissent is seen as disloyalty, I think that's such a good way of putting it. And um, it made me think, you know, that a lot of people are... If, if you care about your job, you want to do a good job. If you care about what you're doing, then that means sometimes you do need to challenge thinking and you do need to voice your concerns... That actually is loyalty to me. <laughs> I, I would tend to agree. Um, however, how far and wide this opinion of ours is shared is, um, well, not always obvious. Mm. Mm. Manny, if people want to find out more about you and the work you're doing, um, how do they reach out and get in touch? Uh, well, I'm uh, mostly on Twitter as... Uh, Manuel Gomes. Um, I have my uh, little consulting company, uh, techadvisors.com.au, and of course I work with Jay uh, at Thriving Now. So um, between those three things, and uh, you'll, if you Google me, you'll find, uh, of course, LinkedIn and uh, Medium and so forth. But uh, yeah, just shoot off the cuff into into Twitter. Because there's nothing like a good argument to get things started. <laughs> I'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes. Manuel, thank you once again. All right. Thank you very much.